Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Once you rule out the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be true. And it is not a question of a little occultism or a touch of mysticism, Mr. Devon. It is vampires and a host of damned souls of Pelopas. I am thy father's spirit, doomed for a certain term to walk the night. Here the old gods aren't dead. And what of the true god? He's dead. He can't complain. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect, but actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. You're listening to Paranormal UK Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Paranormal UK Radio Show, the flagship show here on the Paranormal UK Radio Network. Uh, I'm your one and only host tonight, Mark Johnson, and our usual host, uh, Irene Allen, is unable to make it tonight. She is not only not feeling so well herself, but um, has a sick doggy she's taking care of, so she will not be here tonight. Uh, just want to also let everybody know that we will not have a show next week uh, due to the fact that I'm traveling. Uh, so we'll be back in two weeks with a new show. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention is uh, I wanted to put out there to everybody that there is a, a guest that we've had on a couple times on our show, and he's a, he's a friend of ours, John Edmond, who owns the Stardust Ranch down in Arizona. Uh, anybody who is not familiar with that, uh, you look up his story. He has his book out. Uh, it's pretty much very much like the Skinwalker Ranch, except a lot more intense. And about a week and a half ago, John had a very serious medical condition. A blood vessel burst in his chest, and he had to be rushed to the hospital. And he's back home now, but in very serious condition. And his wife, Joyce, who also is not very healthy, is stuck with helping, trying to keep the ranch going and taking care of him. We uh, have created a GoFundMe page 
for John. So if you go out to GoFundMe and look for Stardust Ranch, uh, you should find it. And any donations that you make go directly to John and his wife to help with his medical expenses and with uh, helping keeping the ranch going because they run their charity um, Helpful Hooves, which, you know, they take care of uh, abandoned horses and other animals. Uh, you know, John has such a big heart and he's been doing that for a lot of years. So again, any help that anybody could provide, uh, we really appreciate it. We wish John a speedy recovery. Uh, hopefully, I hope to have him back on the show again here soon because he's had some very unique experiences with all of this happening, and I think he has a lot to say about it. So, uh, John, we'll be talking with you soon, I sincerely hope. So anyway, um, we're going to go ahead and get right into tonight's show. Now, we have a very interesting guest. Uh, his name is Robert Lindsay Milne. And uh, he is what you would call a psychic intuitive counselor. Uh, he lives up in Toronto. He's a Toronto na native. And he started off uh, working as what he would call a hippie psychic uh, at a tea house back when he was 19 years old. Uh, and now he is uh, very much helping a lot of people out all around the world. So we want to welcome Robert to the program. How are you tonight, Robert? I'm doing great, and thank you for having me on your show tonight. Um, just, just one thing, Mark, I actually started working at the Cozy Tea Room when I was 15 and a half years old. Uh, by the time I was 19, I was, uh, you, you know, um, a, a professional. I, I, I'd spent years doing it. So I was about 15 and a half when I actually started uh, doing readings for my living. Wow, okay, so it was a lot younger then. Yes, it's the way I um, it's it is the way I got off the streets. I was I was homeless during during that period and um, I had survived on the streets using my intuition, my instinct, my, my, my psychic ability. And I had heard that if you worked at the cozy tea room doing readings, you would get a sandwich and a cup of tea plus you would get paid. That's what that would happen in, if you worked the afternoon shift. If you worked the evening shift, you would get a hot dinner, uh, a cup of tea, and you, you would also get paid. And um, I applied there uh, to get uh, you know, to, to be a reader. And uh, Mrs. Cox was the owner. I had to do a reading for her. I had never done a tea leaf reading in my life. And you had to do tea leaf readings. So I just picked a teacup up and held it in front of me and looked at her and told her what I felt and thought and just did a normal reading. And uh, that was the same with doing cards. She hired me that day. And I worked at the cozy tea room till I was about 21 years old. Wow. Uh, six days a week, sometimes, sometimes seven. It, be, it it became, you know, the whole focus of my life. Now, when did you first realize that you had psychic abilities or that you, you were able to perceive things that other people uh, around you did, were not? The biggest realization for me was, was um, discovering other people didn't sense or feel what I sensed and feel, felt. And, and, and that was just a profound experience for me. It happened when I was about nine. But if we back up a little bit, um, for as long as I've been alive, I've, I've lived by my instincts, my awareness 
um, my intuition, my psychic ability. And as, as a child, I was, I was feeling and sensing things um, around me or around other people, and I would often get into trouble for, for things that I'd say. Um, one time I came home from school for, for lunch, um, I was about, I, I was either in kindergarten or grade one. It was, that, that's a bit of a fog, but it was, it was right around five, six years old. And I said to my mother, Grandma Harris died today. Well, Grandma Harris was my great grandmother and um, she, she lived in another country and I'd only seen her once. And so from out of the blue, I said that my mother got so upset, she yelled at me and probably hit me because that's what she did a lot. Um, and probably hit me for saying that, for saying bad things. The next night at dinner, uh, because you know um, news traveled slowly back in the 1950s, and the next night uh, at dinner, my sister and I, my, my mother and father, my mother said to my father, Grandma Harris died yesterday. And I thought my father was going to get angry with my mother for saying bad things. And to my astonishment, they talked about it. And they talked back and forth and everybody was civil. And my mother didn't even remember I'd said what I had said the day previous. Um, throughout my life, I would you know, say things like, Uncle Harold, that wasn't Aunt Sally. <laughs> Who was that woman? Well, that one for sure got me hit. But I didn't know. Um, I just sensed. And what I saw and what I felt d just came out. So at a young age, I was, I was clearly um, doing psychic and intuitive things. Then came the night at Maple Leaf Gardens. Um, I was nine years old. I was with my dad. Uh, Toronto and Boston were playing in the semifinals of the Stanley Cup. The series was tied 1-1, and um, the game that we went to, um, it, it was tied 1-1 at the end of the third period. When the teams came on for the overtime uh, period, I became drawn to uh, number 17 with Toronto, and his name was Gary Eamon. And the game hadn't started. They just sort of were stretching on the ice, and then the referee, you know, blew the whistle. And, and by the way, Gary Eamon wasn't even a starting, uh, wasn't on the starting line. Maple Leaf Gardens, there were 18,000 people. The lights get turned down. Um, the entire building is silent. And the referee is just to, about to drop the puck. And I realized Gary Eamon was going to score. And I knew it was so real in my mind, it seemed like it had already happened. I jumped up and started yelling and screaming in this big building, this silent building of 18,000 people. And, and then uh, everybody just turned and looked at me. And my dad put his hand on my shoulder and he said, sit down, please. And the referee dropped the puck. The game started. A few minutes later, Gary, um, Gary Eamon uh, jumped over the boards and um, Red Kelly passed the puck to him. And um, Eamon uh, tipped a puck in the net and Maple Leaf Gardens erupted 
And I just looked around. As I said, I was nine years old, and I, I looked around, and, and I said, nobody knew he was going to score. And that was astonishing. And that was when I knew I was seeing things that other people weren't. And that's, and that's, and that's how I discovered what I was going to do for the rest of my life was, was, was on that, that night. Now, would you say your abilities run into more of clairvoyance or picking up on information or clairaudience? Do you hear, hear things, see things? I mean, how would you describe uh, your abilities? Um, well, that, that's an interesting question. Um, one of the things that I, I do with people that have, have studied with me or, 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 or taken my, my classes um, is to forget about all the words with, with, with being psychic or being intuitive or being clairvoyant or being clairsentient or being clairaudient or um, and, and and you can just you know come up with so many different names and 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 um, supposedly so many different ways um, people that are learning uh, just get confused and the real thing about being psychic now, being psychic and being spiritual is different. Uh, being psychic is is a natural ability that most mammals have. and and we all have that perhaps is called a sixth sense. Well, that sixth sense is when we take all five of our senses, touch, taste, smell, see here, um, and use them all, together you get a sixth sense and that is also called esp and we all have that have you ever been sitting in a restaurant and you just kind of look up and there's somebody looking at you or or your your um yeah you, you, you know you start thinking about a friend you hadn't spoken to in 10 years and all of a sudden you hear from that person or you, you just have an instinct to do something and you move and, and, and it saves your life. We all have that instinct. Okay, not exactly. Um, almost everyone. You know, if you, you know, took a bell-shaped curve and there would be one person at one end that would have absolutely zero intuition or psychic ability and then there's somebody else at the other end that would have 100% and then the rest of us are, are, are in between. But most of us has that intuition, that instinct. How we express it is different. Some people are more visuals. Um, I myself, the words come into my mind and I just know them. I just know it. Um, I also know what I'm going to be saying even when I'm saying something. Uh, even when I've already, I sorry, I know what I'm going to be saying even though I'm saying something different right now. Um, so, so the information comes through me. I don't worry too much about labeling it. My, my focus is always just doing it. And whether I see, whether I feel, whether I sense, um, it, it, it really doesn't matter. What, what, what matters is, is, is the information comes through. Now, that's how it's been for me um, th throughout my life. Other people do it differently, but I, I keep it pretty simple. Uh, oh, and so being psychic is a natural ability that almost all of us have. 
you don't have to be spiritual to be psychic, although the two often go together. Very true. Uh, I think it's this is one of those... I will call it a latent ability that comes out in a lot of people. And some right. people are psychic or, or have abilities and they're not even aware of it. Um, yes. Because we deal with a lot of societal programming, especially here in Western society, where things like psychic abilities or anything else strange is considered fringe or you're told that didn't really happen. I mean, I, I, I've told stories before growing up in my house. I kept hearing uh, someone call my name. I thought it was my mother. So I go down the hall and find her in, in the den and I go, what do you want? She goes, I didn't call you. I go, yeah, you did. That's fascinating. And she goes, nope, it wasn't me. She goes, you must. Wow. Now, this is typical of my mother. She goes, ah, oh, you must be hearing things. Right. <laughs> you know. Well, and, you were, but. <laughs> well, but that's the the thing is that's how, it, it, you know, society, especially when you're coming from that certain generation. Absolutely. They don't want to deal with it or it doesn't fit into their reality. So they yes. make up excuses for it. They dismiss it out of hand. And uh, yeah, I've had precognitive dreams i've i've had strange experiences um uh out of body experiences uh when i was younger and you know i couldn't mention anything like this to my parents because they would just look at me like i had a third head because it was beyond their comprehension um, I understand that one. Yeah. So, and even even now, even when it's a little bit more socially accepted, it's a little bit more out there in our society, it's still not a part of the real mainstream. And you, you try to talk to, about psychic abilities to a lot of people. Again, they look at you like you have a third head or maybe they're very conditioned, whether through organized religion or or other belief systems where they're directly opposed to that type of thing. It, it frightens them. They've been taught that it's evil, uh, which it certainly is not. It's, it's actually a very natural part of sure. of who we are. Um, I mean, look at look at the fact that you you mentioned before uh, other animals. Animals are very psychically intuitive. Uh, look at look at uh, I'll use the 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 um, tsunami that happened in Indonesia. Uh, what was it? Ten, fifteen years ago. The uh, many of the animals knew it was coming and they bolted there were people who were taking elephant rides and all of a sudden the elephants took off and started running for the hills with the people on their backs because <laughs> they knew sure. what was coming uh there are people who live in haunted houses or they houses that have paranormal activity and they'll watch their animals interact and looking at things that aren't there but they can see it so we actually have that same instinct and and that that comes with us uh being a, a, a mammal for sure and almost all of us have that when we start practicing it or doing it we get better and better and better at it um, but it's something that comes from within us it is it, not necessarily something spiritual although pe spiritual people do it yeah, exactly. You don't have to be spiritual or right. religious in order to have these abilities. Neither good or bad either. 
No. Um, it, 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 it just sort of, it, it comes with us. Yes, very much so. It's just a part of yeah. who we are. In fact, one thing that I've mentioned on this show many times and with a lot of some other people that we have interviewed is I feel that in the in the very distant past, we were much more in tune with these abilities and uh, our higher selves and what we could do with with our with our lives using these abilities before it was programmed out of us whether oh that's that for sure yeah whether it was intentionally or just because of the way society moved forward but almost to well, me it seems the more society advanced the less advanced we became and we started taking several several evolutionary steps backwards now you look at modern day where we are so over inundated with imagery and cell phones and iPads and, and internet news and whatever. And there's so many, many, so many assaults on the senses that anybody who is sensitive would either may not pick up on it, or they may even be so overwhelmed. That's where a lot of anxiety comes from in people that they're just so overwhelmed with the uh, information overload. I it's been my experience. Um, I, I I I teach class on 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 how to be psychic. I haven't done it for a while, um, but but it's a, it's it's a one day seminar, and I take a group of people, strangers, and anyone that sits in the the the, the class that I I do, I guarantee them guarantee that in that class they will be doing psychic readings before the class is over. And it usually takes about two hours to get, you know, to get the, the people ready and open-minded enough. They're sitting, you know, sitting across from one another, a stranger, and tuning in and, and, and being psychic with their those um, intuitions and, and inner abilities. So, um, yeah, we do get overwhelmed. Um, we do get inundated with so much information in our society. But it's been my experience when when somebody does just calm down and, and focus, they get back in touch with those uh, instincts very quickly. Well, that's where going within, quieting the mind, meditation yeah. comes in handy to help, you know, get, put yourself into that right state of mind, get sure. get into that alpha state brain waves right. to be able to be more in touch with that's, that's, that's your abilities, yeah. your inner self, your or what you call your higher self or or um, higher consciousness. Mm -hmm. And that kind of information can flow a lot more it easier. Does, indeed. Uh, yes. Um, I've been I've been a professional psychic now for um, 56 years. Um, I just turned 72. And as, as I said, I've been uh, working full time as a psychic um, since I was um, 15 and a half. And in, in that time period o over my career, um, I've, I've done a, around 100,000 psychic connections. And that would have been including all the radio shows that I that I appeared on. Um, and, and, and it was earlier in my career that I did the most amount of, of those of those sessions. Um, I, I understand uh, how it works pretty well. It's, it's, it's been my life purpose, by the way. So now with some of the information or the connections you get, do you, 
is it more of you picking up on information from like people or as you mentioned you're you're able to understand when an event is about to happen before it happens uh but have you ever come in contact with let's say spirits or you know people who have died and and uh, you're able to connect with those spirits yes um it's it's not a part of the of the field I really was interested in or, or, or focused on. Um, I do have some connections. It they they do happen more so in my later years than than in my my earlier years. Um, I I tended just to be uh, focused and and the words came out um, when for a long time. I believed that my ability, my talent, and it's it's been a commitment. Uh, you know, at, when I started out at, in in the tea room, uh, I as I said, I, I worked six and sometimes seven days a week, and I would see twenty five between twenty five and 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 thirty people every day, day in in day out, um, and and it became doing readings and and developing expanding became my um main focus in life and um so so at around 21 what what was when i left when i left working at the tea room and and struck out on my own um and at the tea room, we 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 were interact. We we did readings for people. Um, it, it didn't matter how how it came through, and a lot of the people that I know that, that are my friends have have said they feel at times that that I am channeling, um, and, and I may be. S- sometimes when I'm doing readings, you know, an hour reading goes by and. 15 minutes um, yet I know I've spoken for an hour um, obviously um, you know I, I, I'm in an altered state I usually the information you know my voice doesn't change or or, or, or things like that um, and and I think I'm always a, a conscious but I may I may be channeling uh, nonetheless if uh, you ever want to see a very interesting channeler and again, I'm, I'm not sitting here and claiming she's uh, 100% legit, uh, it, but, uh, you know, because I look at, it takes a lot for a psychic medium channeler, let's say, bringing forth information to really convince me of something. Sure. But I will say there's a, uh, this British woman, her name is Elaine Thorpe, and we've had her on the show, and she's a cha- trans, trans channeler. She goes into deep trance and channels mm-hmm. her guide, Jonathan. Now, mm-hmm. most times you see people, if you've seen videos of channelers, their voice stays the same, or maybe they'll get high and squeaky, or they'll get yeah. all bubbly, or some, you know, something weird. Elaine is completely different. When you see Elaine, she's very soft-spoken, mild-mannered, very high-pitched voice. Then when she goes in trance, and then when Jonathan comes through, if you close your eyes, you would swear to God you're talking to a man. 
Her voice mm-hmm. changes so drastically, and it's this cultured uh, Englishman. Uh, he's supposedly from the 1800s, and he comes through with a lot of advice. Now, a lot of what he comes through is very light and fluffy, which... Uh, You know, that part doesn't impress me as much. But, uh, you know, if she is faking it with being able to change her voice, kudos to her, because that is the most amazing transformation I've ever seen in my life. Um, I've known uh, a few people that do that as as the woman you're you're, you're speaking of. Um, it, It hasn't been what has has interested me um my my focus has been you know giving service um taking care of people the, the way i do it mm-hmm. and, and 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 the way i do it mostly is 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 conscious mm-hmm. and when you're helping people what would that entail in general uh giving them you know readings or guiding so, them in their life purpose in, in in well yes yes to those those three questions um, when when I do a reading for for somebody a, a psychic reading um, uh, my my readings are, are a monologue rather than a dialogue and I I, I don't ask questions um, in, in the reading so when I do a reading for somebody I, well I do I ask two questions how old are you now and what month is your next birthday and I ask their age because I just want to know where they are in time and uh, I ask what month very simply because it just it just gives me uh, a, a sharper um, connection to them and and I just simply start off with stating the date my name and their name and then and then I have speak uh, then I do a monologue and it goes on for you know 50 55 minutes and 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 sometimes if i'm really in the mood it goes on a little bit longer and after that there, there's a question period where 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 people can ask um any questions that uh they may have i ask people not to interrupt me because when i'm doing the reading um i may have made a mistake but i'm constantly checking going back to um, looking at what I've already said and, and, and what I'm saying and, and um, I, I, I correct any mistakes that I've made. It's like painting a picture. You know, you paint a little bit here and a little bit there and you come back and fix things. That's what it's like doing a reading, getting, for me to do a reading. In most readings, certainly at this time in my life, um, it wasn't always, but when I tune into somebody, I often see the uh, conception, although not the act. I, I, I see when it happened. And uh, I, I see their, the completion of their life. And throughout the, the reading, I, I go forward and backward in time. Although I don't spend too much time at, other, at, at the far end, uh, I, I spend most of the time talking about where their life is right now, where it's going. And, and I'll talk a fair amount about, about, about the past. It's, it, it, it's a monologue that, that, that uh, covers their, their life and, and it comes off the top of my head. And, and, and then we do questions. And, and all my readings are recorded. They, they have to be. It's the rule. Now, with the monologues that you do for uh-huh. your uh, 
for your clients. Uh, are you mentioned you go forward and backward in time? Is it mm-hmm. when you're talking about, let's say, the past? Is it bringing mm-hmm. up the past in relation to you know modern problems or modern things that they're going through? Often, often it- that would be, well, that would be that would be the case. Um, it would it would be uh, looking at a past injury, uh, looking at something that had affected my my, my client's life. They, they may not understand it. Um, that that'll happen. So that that would be that would be one of the reasons. Okay. Um, um, okay. Go no, ahead, go please. ahead. Be my guest. Um, so I I've uh, uh, and so I I guarantee my work. Um, and, and that means that when, when I do a reading for somebody, um, I guarantee from the time I do the reading until the ending of my life or theirs, if there's ever a time they're unsatisfied, um, all they have to do is contact me and give me back the recording. Well, like they don't, this digital now, um, I ask them to delete the recording, um, and, and, and I just give them back their money. That's just, and it's always been that way for me. So I don't guarantee that I'm a hundred percent correct. I guarantee that I've, I've done a good job and I've satisfied my client that that's the guarantee. Um, and I always get paid at the end of the reading and never before. Okay. It's part of the process that I use. That's a good process. Um, yeah. I mean, I've had many readings and, you know, just not sitting here saying I'm a skeptic by any means. Obviously, I'm not, but I am very skeptical about a lot of the people who who do claim themselves to be psychic because they, in most cases, they're either absolutely full of it uh, or maybe they have a little bit of ability, but they're very much overselling themselves. So are you talking about professionals or just people on the street? Uh, well, professionals or people okay. people who do it on kind of like yourself. They, you know, they they set right. up a clientele. They they advertise okay. themselves. That in fact, a lot of them. That's how they you know they make their money and do their business. And in most cases, you know, I I've been friends with a few people, and in spending time with them, I've learned that they they may have an ability. They may pick up on things, but I've also caught them. There's this one woman in general. I I won't mention her name, um, who did have some ability. She picked up on a few things. Uh, some things happened that were were very interesting. But when I asked her for a personal reading, she totally blew, blew it you know, in every way. I mean, nothing came through. And even sometimes I understand that sometimes something can come in a reading and maybe you'll get a realization after the fact. You know, something, it may not make sense to you now, but, you know, after the fact. Well, no, they were just absolutely dead wrong in every way. But yet they, they I've seen them have some ability. And I think what happens with some of these people is they're under pressure to perform and they, uh, they're being paid for their service. So so unlike you, they're taking the money no matter what, and they feel pressured to give out this information when maybe they're not picking anything up. This uh, the same woman, she would hold public forums and have 
40, 50 people show up. She'd do them once a month and she would do greetings around the room and ask people. But then I noticed she started asking very um, leading questions. Uh, Oh, is somebody here having an, uh, you know, trouble with their knee? Well, you know, everybody in the room is over 40. So yeah, everyone's having trouble with their knee. Uh, But she would ask some questions that would narrow down and, and lead people in certain ways and uh, I, it, I wasn't very impressed with it I I, um, I can't comment on that sim- sim- simply because I, I, I wasn't there to, to watch her what it's been my experience um, with the people that, that I know and um, a great am- amount of my, my career has been in, uh, as a performing psychic um, with, on radio and TV shows and um, in mainstream media and, and and traveled around a good part of the English-speaking world doing that. Um, it's been my experience that anyone that does this work, almost everybody that, that, that does this work, believes they're doing and giving a service to, to people. I most people most people that do this um, believe they're helping, they're aiding, they're 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 giving counsel, um, and sincere. The thing is, is that not everybody is capable of playing in the NBA, or um, not everybody is be able to play in the in the NFL, and and. Um, not everyone that does psychic does readings are at the top of the field. Um, I, I'm I'm lucky in that uh, I've been doing this for 56 years, and and I don't miss a day of of I either do readings or I practice being psychic, and and and, and I do that as as a discipline. Um, not everybody is that committed. Uh, not everybody has that skill. There are some people that are pretty good. There are some that are, well, maybe not so good. There are some that aren't very good at all or not very developed or not had the opportunity to. Very few, very, very few are fraudulent. Very few. Well, I there I have run into some fraudulence, and again, I I, I don't mean to sound well, maybe negative. Maybe they're just lousy readers. You know, like there's a difference between being a fraud and 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 being lousy at it. Uh, there's a, a one person who I'm sorry I was convinced was a fraud who tried charging. My wife was uh, went for a reading uh, to to someone and. The, this woman tried to tell her, oh, you have some all this negativity surrounding you, this negative energy. For $300, I'll clear it out for you. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So there's somebody that's, there's, there's one of the ones that, that fit in the category of a hustler. Okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, there are bottom feeders in, in, in every field. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not that many. There's a small portion. Most people either... Um, aren't fully evolved yet or or they're they're learning or they're having a bad day or they don't have the greatest amount of talent but their effort most of the time is is um, caring about people and giving service 
And and I just want to clarify something here. I hope you you're not feeling like I'm attacking I'm all psychics. I'm not. Yeah, I'm just I'm not. I'm just stating from my own personal experiences, and I have to admit that I'm a hard read. Um, I know people. Really? Is that really? <laughs> well, not true. Tell me that's not true. I'm. I again, as I mentioned, I've been. I've had several readings, and with okay. the exception of one. Uh, either all of it or 90% of it did not apply to me. Um, the one that did apply to me was this woman was so good. She was scary. And I only read with her once my, my wife read with her a couple of times, but this was during, uh, I'm going to do a very long story very very short because there's a lot i don't want to get into but let's just say that i did a reading with this woman at a psychic fair i just there was a friend of mine who was there who himself was very sensitive and psychic and he said that he's able to walk through and pick out who's really sensitive and who really isn't and the woman he pointed out the woman who actually you know um, hosted the fair he said nah she's she's not that good <laughs> but then he pointed this woman out in the corner and he goes she I'm feeling she's really strong so I said okay I'll go get a reading from her the reading I got from her um, well two things about it first of all she gave me a lot of negative or bad news and the one th only thing with her i disagreed on is was her presentation um not very good bedside manner <laughs> if you know what i mean she I she cut to the chase on several negative things that were going to come up in my life and at the time i'm sitting there going okay fine uh and let's just say that they happened in spades, uh, including predicting she, she thought that I was going to have a major medical issue. Turns out it was my identical twin brother who just a few weeks later dropped dead of a heart attack. Oh, wow. Um, sure you hear that. Yeah. And but she saw me, but we're identical twins. So, and then she saw there was an aftermath that would take place with that, which, which happened. And, uh, again, it was, her presentation could have been a little more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not professional, but a little bit more, maybe a little more compassionate. <laughs> uh, the way I do things in that situation is I talk about, First, I talk about the result of of the event that is going to be happening. I talk about the outcome, the result of it. And then I come back and then talk about the event. And when I'm doing readings um, at this stage in my life, um, I've been doing this 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 process. It's been about 10, 12 years. Um, what I when I deal with people that are in crises, which is often, um, I look forward in time to say when they're 80 years old, and then I look back through their eyes, and I describe to them how they feel at 80 
um, the way they solve the problem that they're in right now. So that tells my clients two things. One, they're going to solve it. And, and um, two, they're going to be around for a pretty long time. And that's a, and I do that deliberately. And, and I wouldn't do it if they, I, I couldn't do it if they weren't going to be 80 years old. Um, so I go forward in the future. I look back through their awareness and I describe to them how they feel about the way they solved the problem. And then I talk to them back to the present. And then I talk to them about how the problem is getting solved and the direction. So I'm focused on healing. And while I don't particularly like giving bad news, um, I, I do, although I'm very soft and tender about it most of the time. Yeah, and that's that is the proper way to do it. Um, and well, well, so, um, I, I'm not so much an either or kind of person. I, 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 I see things a little bit broader or different than that. And there, there are times where, where someone like the woman you're speaking of being blunt and to, to the point, um, sometimes that's the right thing to do. Um, sometimes um, it's, it's it's not the right thing to do, or it's not the right thing to do to get a positive response. Mm -hmm. But there are people that want to be spoken to like that. That I can understand. So that particular person who does that kind of work for um, this particular client that they would be seen as, wow, wonderful, fabulous, incredible. Whereas somebody that would see her as fabulous and wonderful and incredible, if they came to me, they'd say, well, maybe he's dull and boring or, or uh, he doesn't quite connect or, you know. So um, it, it, it's more the person uh, being in, in tune with the psychic, with the, the, the connection with the psychics, which is one of the reasons why I, I guarantee my work. And also, j just because someone's coming to me for a reading, it doesn't necessarily mean they get the reading. Um, if, if I don't think I'm doing the absolute best that I can, I just stop and, and I apologize and I, and I say, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very sorry. I'm not giving you the best, my, my best service. And that can happen even at the beginning of the reading. And there have been times in my life at, at the end where, where, you know, when I was using cassettes or, or uh, onto CDs, uh, I, I would have the CD burned. And, and, and I, would, I would say, um, I always sign my work. So when I was using cassettes, I would always sign the cassette uh, before I asked the person to pay me. And if I didn't think that the service I gave was worthy of signing my name, I, I, I wouldn't charge the person for the reading. And, and well, they couldn't have the recording. Um, and, and I wouldn't charge them. So I would sign every, every session. Um, and I would be putting my name on it saying, I, I, I've given you my best before. So that, that's the criteria that I, I work by. It's different than other, with, with others, but um, I guess I'd be a lot richer if I just took the money every time someone came, but um, I don't do it that way. Now, when you're giving a reading to yeah. a client and yeah. you, you go into the past, you can look into the past, and then you can also look into the future. And the present, too, and, and constantly move back and forth. Mm -hmm. So 
Let's talk a little bit about that concept of time and being able to look into the future. Um, I mean, I have had, I mentioned earlier in the, in the program, I've had precognitive dreams. Uh, I dreamed of 9-11 two days before it happened. Wow. Uh, although my dream was highly symbolic and it, it was using symbolism rather than actually showing me the real event. Um, I've had other dreams that um, I, or I would ha- I yeah, I would have a dream of something so mundane, like I was part of a softball league, and I had a dream that morning that oh yeah, I was going to I was catcher, and somebody was going to do a pop fly, and I'd catch it. Sure enough, I go to the game, and the very first play, the very first pitch, the guy does a pop fly, and I catch it. Wow, that's great. So, you know, little things like everything from super mundane like that to, like, something incredibly horrid like 9-11, you know, these things creep in. And a lot of times I think... Uh, I've, I've also received information. I'm able to pick up on things occasionally. It's not all the time. Uh, I have to be in the right frame of mind. And a, a lot with me lately is I'm trying to, to open myself more to get back into it because I got so busy with my day job and personal life and, and everyday physical things that I kind of set a lot of that aside. Uh, so I'm trying to get back into the opening myself up to experience it because in the past I would, I would receive information you know, in, in a meditative state. I could ask yes or no questions and I would receive responses and they were almost always right. Whether it's the fact that I'm receiving it from, you know, an outside source or whether it's just my own subconscious or even higher self answering questions that I would already know. Um, it's hard to tell, but it's a possibility. Um, there have also been times where I've been able, as I mentioned before the show, uh, when we were talking, I was, I'm a paranormal investigator. Haven't done it in a few years, uh, cause of that break I mentioned, but I'm trying to get back into it. But I've been on cases where if I sit quietly, I'll pick up information and I've picked up names, uh, of people that turned out to be accurate, uh, what they were wearing, what they looked like, um, information would come. Uh, there are even times where, where my wife and I, we lived in a house, and it, the house itself, I wouldn't say was haunted, but I think there was a portal or something there on the property because there would be fleeting things. It felt like things would come and go. And one night we're sitting there watching television and all of a sudden both of us just started feeling like we were being watched. And I looked down across from the living room into the dining room and there was nobody there. But yet in my mind's eye, I saw a clear picture of this burly man in what looked like tan coveralls, uh, looked look like a construction worker uh, with a shaved head, and he was just standing there staring at us. And that image was in my mind for several minutes. And then after a while, it faded away, he was gone, and then we no longer felt the presence. So and there are other times when, and, and something I've always told people is pay attention to your body. Your body gives you a lot of of signals and information that you would normally blow off. Uh, another case in point, I 
went to a house where they were claiming they were having activity. And no sooner did I walk in the door when all of a sudden I started getting a tightness in my chest. I started feeling ultra anxious and started to hyperventilate a little bit. And I'm sitting there going, what in the heck is going on here? Uh, I just had this... If the energy was just feeling so intense. At one point, I had to go outside and step outside. When I stepped outside, I was perfectly fine. When I walked back into the house, it, it hit me again, overwhelmed me. And then it, it started to turn into fear, and I never get afraid in cases. I realized after a bit that whatever was there didn't like me there and was trying to get rid of me and was doing everything in its power to you know induce my fear factor or, or was putting out enough energy that my body was able to pick up on that energy and was giving me those signals that, hey, something is like really working on you right now. But I felt like it was a, a male entity who was trying to get me to get out of his domain. Um, I'm sure you were right. How did you handle it after that? I stuck through it. <laughs> I wouldn't oh, yeah. let him have the upper hand. And um, and uh, we did the investigation, and and the, I was with other people there at the time. But this was back also back in the days. This is where one of the reasons why I don't quite do things like that anymore is because when most of these paranormal groups, if you've ever seen the TV shows, Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures, they go in with their equipment, they investigate, maybe they capture a bunch of stuff, and I've gotten some great evidence in my time. But then usually once you do it, oh yeah, you can share it with the client, whatever, and you walk away and go home. And who have you helped? You know, maybe you've given them a little bit of understanding of what they're dealing with, but you haven't solved the situation for them, especially if they're frightened. And I started to have a problem with that. I started to back away from the equipment side of investigation and, and started focusing more on what my body and intuition was telling me and trying to be able to tune in on what was there and if it was possible to convince it to leave and move on, I would. Uh, I've been successful in a few cases, but again, I, I kind of got out of that a little while ago and I'm trying to get back into it again. Um, cause I let the real world kind of come back, but it's possible, you know, and again, it's listening to what your body tells you. If a thought comes into your head, that seems kind of strange to not just dismiss it out of hand. Maybe you're picking up on something. Um, you know, when people who are able to tell when when a song's about to come on the radio and a minute later or they're switching stations, there it is. But I also had synchronicities happen to me, though, where after my brother died, I started hearing, I mean, literally everywhere, the Pink Floyd song, Wish You Were Here. And that song holds a lot of meaning to me because when I hear it, or especially during this time frame, I, I always felt it was my brother's way of letting me know he was around. I, I understand that. So uh, kind of getting back to 
I got kind of got off on a tangent here, which I apologize. Um, when you're when you're doing your readings, you're jumping forward and backward it, in present it's, it's time. Not jumping forward, it's it, it, it's going forward, and and um, it, it's it's a smooth rhythmic uh, process mm-hmm. that, that that I have. And so, what I've chosen to use my abilities for, um, or where I'm drawn to is is helping people get through crises. Mm-hmm. That that's that that's been my work. Um, I do other things uh, in in my psychic work, um, but the, the the real purpose is 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 helping people get through uh, their difficulties in the moment. Mm-hmm. That that's my that that's that's my focus. So I spent my lifetime doing that so I, I don't have a great knowledge of all the other paranormal fields I, I, I know a lot about behavior and instinct and um, that type of stuff and, and, and I'm really drawn to um, that type of work although my, my work is, is, is always about healing now with with healing is is do you mean bringing them mostly inside Mm -hmm. with with things that have that have happened although i have been involved in some um physical uh cases there there was an incident and and the the name of the book by the way that was written about it is called the perfect predator and it's about um an epidemiologist is written by the epidemiologist who's the client of mine um, and and her husband, who's um, um, an Indiana Jones kind of guy, they went away on vacation. Uh, Tom uh, got sick while they were in Egypt. He contracted the most potent superbug on the planet. Um, at the time, it was 100% antibiotic resistant, which means when you get that, uh, when you get it, you die. Um, when that occurred, I was um, with with uh, Stephanie. That that's the uh, epidemiologist. She she called me when from from um, uh, um, Egypt at, at the time, and for the next eight months, I I worked with with both Stephanie and Tom while he was in in the coma, and um, I also helped Stephanie, although I didn't. Um, caused her to find the cure but I I told her that um, she would be able to find a cure that was something incurable and she only had a short amount of time I helped her do that part but there were several times when when Tom it when he was in a coma and and when he was letting go um, as in letting himself drift off as in completing his life I knew what was happening I knew what he needed and and I, I, I supplied that when Tom got the cure that Stephanie had found, um, and it, it wasn't just Stephanie and I, there was a group of scientists around the world at the time. And, and when, when Tom gained consciousness, um, and, and, and when they were writing the book, Perfect Predator, they were, they, uh, Tom was discussing um, what it was like being in a coma and how he, um, could hear what was going on and there was one time I, I knew Tom was going to be Tom's strength uh, I would visualize a candle that was lit 
And if the flame was strong, I knew that whatever was going on with Tom physically, he, he wasn't dying then. Um, as as if, if the flame flickered, um, it, it, it showed me that there was a really serious problem. There was one point early, he, he they'd been medevaced to Germany, and Tom was in isolation because of the superbug, and everybody around him was wearing hazmat suits. And with the connection that I had with Tom, I he, he didn't know what was going on. He was sick. He could hear uh, being things being t- talked to doctors and talking, but but he didn't have a grasp as where he was. It was very dark for him. And he was cold and he was letting go and he was lonely and he needed his children. I, I knew that. So I told Stephanie um, and I said to her, Tom needs to have his children around him. Um, yesterday would have been a good day. Today's a good day. Tomorrow's not so good. If you wait any longer, don't bother. That night, his daughter showed up from, and, and you know, we did that in the morning, and they jumped on a plane and, and, and flew to Germany that day. Um, and when they arrived and they got close to their father, um, his vital signs started getting stronger. And during, in, in the book, um, Stephanie writes about the scientific part and what was going on. And, and Tom has remembrances from, from being in that coma. And he was describing that incident as, as um, in that book, in the book, how he was letting go and, and, and missing his daughters and, and, and drifting away. And then they arrived. And and he, he, he writes about that as well. So while I didn't um, while I didn't actually find the cure, um, while while um, I didn't play a main role, but on three different occasions, had I not been doing that work, um, he, he would have died. So um, and I often do work with people that um, are very sick. Um, or or they're 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 in comas. I um, am good at connecting and and, and sensing where they're at. Um, I've been relatively good at finding people, but I don't like doing that. Finding people as in missing people. Yes. Okay. But I I, I don't like to do it. Um, usually, the only time I do it is when is when I'm I, I'm confronted or or um, forced to. Um, uh, and, and and there's been a couple of times where where I was forced that, that I that I had had to do it, um, and I did. So um, and the reason that I don't like doing that kind of work is 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 because most of the time, who you're looking for is dead, and and I don't like and I don't like telling people that things that like that. I just don't have the I don't have the. I don't have the personality to to tell somebody I, I I'm really sorry your child is dead. I I, I just can't. I, I just couldn't do it and be healthy. That's understandable. Yeah, I don't have I don't have that for me. It it, it would it would destroy me. We mentioned earlier uh, about how people who have these abilities some can be very spiritual or religious or mm-hmm. some can you know not be spiritual at all uh, where would you classify yourself in that do you have you know strong spiritual beliefs or or not and if, if there's things you don't want to answer you don't have to oh, but i'm just I can, curious i'll answer anything um that you ask me i just just let me just sort of think about it um 
Early in my life, um, so before I ran away from home, I, 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 I was involved with um, a church. It was the Presbyterian Church. It was um, a Protestant church. And, and, um, and, and I just sort of drifted away. Um, then, then, then I was on the street, and, and that was where my, my psychic abilities were, were honed. Um, I haven't focused a lot on on um, being spiritual or or religion. Um, there was a time in my life where I didn't believe. I, I said I didn't believe in God, um, and that I said all the things that I do are are from me. I do them. They're my instincts, my intuitions, my my feelings, my energy. Um, and, and, and it's got nothing to do with, with, with God. Um, and I, I denied that, that, that there was a God um, for, for a pretty long time. And as, as I got older, uh, um, as I got more personally confident, um, I, I, I started opening my mind more and more. Um, one of the reasons that I, I said, or, or, or denied an existence of God was at a really young age, like at, at 16 and 17 years old, I was, I was helping and giving service and counsel to, to people that could have been my grandfather or grandmother. Um, so, um, so if there would have been a God, then I would be doing God's work. And I just not was not worthy uh, to do such a thing. So if if I acknowledge that there was a God, I would also have to acknowledge my unworthiness. And and um, I just didn't feel that I had the that I was worthy to do God's work or um, that type of stuff to be it be called. Um, and, you know, looking back, you know, in like 2000 years, you know, in those days, somebody that did my job were, were, were called a prophet. Well, you know, I'd, I'd love the title, but I certainly would never be worthy of, of such a thing. So I, I denied um, that there was a God. As I matured, as I grew, as I, you know, saw more, um, I started at times believing, and and now I have a firm belief that you know there is a creator. Uh, it's not a religion, um, and, and and I think that um, while everybody has an opinion as to what God is, we have as much awareness of what God is as a whale would of the Gobi Desert. Um, we, we just don't see that far. Um, on the other hand, there are times where I've been influenced. There, there, there are times when I've been protected. Um, I've done things that were uh, could have been called miracles, I, but um, and and it wasn't me that was doing them, or it was coming through me. Um, so I do accept that there's a, a a spiritual, there's a presence, there there is God, there's a creator. What I focus on is is being kind, being loving, being caring, um, giving, uh, 
as as much as I can. And for me, that's being spiritual. And and as, as I've gotten older, I've 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 been more like that. I understand that. Um, I, ironically, I also grew up in Presbyterian Church. And uh, I, I you had in order to be a member, you had to be able to spell it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, it's uh, it, it's funny because it, I tried to be, especially when I was in high school and I was younger, I, I tried to be very religious and to the point where we, even when things started happening around me that were I'll call it paranormal or even psychic abilities or things would happen, then I'd start to get afraid of it because you're ta you're taught. And it's one of those things where we have abilities or, or, or things kind of conditioned out of us by, you know, the teachings of fear that you're conditioned, all that's of the devil. Or, you know, you mentioned 2000 years ago, you have been a prophet. Yeah. But 500 years ago, you'd been burned at the stake as a witch. So it, it all depends on on the, the, the society at the time. And but going into my 20s, I really seriously began to question. I realized I don't believe that, which kind of messed me up a little psychologically for a while because I was bitter and feeling like I was lied to. But it also took a long time to really look into things, look in look beyond you know the the small stuff look at the overall history look at so many different things that i've had an opportunity to learn even just doing this radio show and the many different people that i've had the opportunity to talk to about as i was telling you before the show such a wide variety of topics um that has changed my entire world view and um has changed my view of of what I think of as reality and the psychic abilities I feel come into that because they're a part of our reality that people a, a lot of people deny I'm not going to say most people anymore because I think we have reached a little bit of a paradigm shift where more people are accepting of it um especially in non-western cultures think there are there are far less people denying it Yes. And and again, it's mostly in the Western cultures. When you start dealing with uh, Eastern or South American or, you know, in more, more indigenous cultures, they're very much in tune with the spirit or um, yeah. you, you have with Native Americans, with the, with the medicine men and their, their spiritual beliefs, but they were working a lot with psychic abilities as well in a lot of their practices. Um, well, that's how we evolved. Yeah. Well, I think, and again, I think we're re-evolving because I, I do believe that we've had these abilities a long, long time ago. It was one well, of the things that I we, told you we, about. We were born with them. Yeah. We, we have them. Um, and, and until we started um, paying more attention to what our anal analytical mind tells us rather than our inner self um, when we started to um, using our logic mind more than our instincts um, the 
Hashem side just sort of got left behind. Mm -hmm. But it always is capable of coming out, and you can always get get in in touch with it. You you know, you were talking about going to school, going to high school. Um, I completed grade eight and and two months of of grade nine, and and that was when, from from that, that was the end of my education. I, I spent the rest of the time on the street, um, and and uh, sur- surviving. Uh, so I used my psychic abilities to um, survive, uh, and 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 that's how they 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 were developed. Now, so I wasn't focusing so much on on the spiritual. I was I was fo- focusing on on surviving. H- however, the way I did it was was by looking after and, and giving service to others. No, and that's a noble, a noble cause, a noble uh, direction for your life too. I, I really believe but that is how I've been led. I, I did that even even as a child. It, 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 that was my that that was my instinct to, to to give service even as a even as a child. It wasn't a conscious decision so much as it's just what I do or did and still do. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, people who want to get in touch with you when you're doing your reading, first of all, do yeah. you do you only do talk to people in person or do you do virtual readings no. or? Yes, of, of course, I, I do all the modern stuff um, and I, I, I do uh, Zoom readings and, and in-person readings also. So you can find me on my website, um, robertlindsaymilne.com. And you can find me on Facebook under Robert Lindsay Milne. And I'm on um, Instagram as well. So they're, they're the three ways that you can get in touch with me. Oh, fantastic. Uh, well, Robert, I just want to thank you so much for coming on to the program tonight. And, and, but I just, but I just, and in about three weeks from now, my podcast is going to be launched. And it's, gonna, it's called My Side of the Crystal Ball. So in about three weeks. So you can contact me on my website or on Facebook when, for, for more information. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Yes. Well, thank you. thank you very much for coming on the show and uh, really enjoyed chatting with you. We'll have to have you come on again sometime. Anytime you'd like to invite me. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It's, it's been great. Um, I, I've loved listening to uh, what you what you have to say. It's very interesting. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to another episode of the Paranormal UK Radio Show, the flagship show here on the Paranormal UK Radio Network. And for those of you uh, wanting to know where you can find us, it's pretty much everywhere. We're, wherever podcasts, major podcasts are listed, Apple, Samsung, Google, to, uh, TuneIn Radio, uh, you name it, we're there. And, of course, our streaming radio station at paukradio.com. Everyone, you have a great week. And, like I said, we will be off next week. So look for us in two weeks from now. And uh, we'll have another show for you. Anyway, everyone, take care. And we'll talk with you soon. Have a good one.